I'll get your attention. I'm stalling for time because I've got a, I've got a cramp in my side. Someone watch that, those guys with those walking sticks. It seems a little bit dangerous going on down there. So great to be here this morning. I am glad to see you in church today because I know God is going to speak to you today. So this is part 980 of, of fruitfulness. Now, I'm not sure what part we're up to, but I want to continue the series that we've been doing since the beginning of the year on uh, fruitful. And this morning I want to speak on a subject that I think is relevant for everybody, and that's being fruitful in friendship. So it's a really important thing that many people uh, struggle with, but being fruitful in friendship. Um, it's an important factor in life is friendships. So um, we are going to get into the Bible this morning, so don't think I've forgotten about that. But uh, it's not an expository preaching of, of a particular scripture this morning, but it's a life application of the Word of God that I believe when we uh, discover some of these points that the Bible gives us, we have better friendships, better relationships, and a better life. Who's in for that? That's good. A great life skill is having friends. The ability to be fruitful in friendships is a life skill. And I know that sometimes uh, we, we ask ourselves questions or we see things around us and we think, well, I don't have any contacts. You know, it's always good to have contacts in life. People, you think, well, I know somebody, you know, in a government department or I know somebody in business or I know somebody in the industry that I'm in that can help me with the problems that I have. And sometimes it's not what you know, but it's who you know that opens a door to your future. So friends can take you further. This is a really key point. Friends can take you further than you could ever go by yourself. So if you live in an illusion where you think, I don't need people in my life. I don't need others to tell me anything. I'm just living all on my, all on my own without connections in your life. Then I'll tell you something, you're missing out on the potential of what you could be. Because no matter how... Uh, how much we have or think we know, friends can take you further than you could ever go by yourself. So that's the first, uh, I think the most important key for everything we talk about this morning. Always remind yourself in life that, that friends will take you further than you can by yourself. So we have, uh, we, we have things though in life that happen. So there's reasons why we want to step aside from other people. There's, sometimes we get hurt, sometimes we get betrayed, sometimes there's circumstances and situations where we feel um, people have hurt us. So in those scenarios, we make ways that we separate ourselves because we don't want to get hurt again. So we, we call that building walls, that's, that's an old-fashioned sort of thing there, but, but we put up barriers, whichever, whatever way they look like, um, uh, emotionally, so we keep ourselves distant from other people. We, think, we might think, but that's protecting me, but it's actually robbing you of the most important factors of life. So we've got to get that as a foundation this morning. But the Bible has a lot in it about friendship. Um, and when we get, when we get the, uh, the Bible perspective right, it's satisfying to our soul. So there's lots of ways we can get relationship friendships wrong, and we all can, if we went around the room right now and said, how many you know, people could tell about 
uh, friendships that have gone wrong, everybody will have stories. Everybody probably has lots of stories. And unfortunately as well, we would have amazing stories of friendships that have gone wrong in church. That's just how it is because you know, the devil doesn't even have to work that hard because we're really good at wrecking st- stuff ourselves. We can do that all by ourselves. I can ruin a relationship, just let me at it. Sim- simple. No, no devil, uh, no devil inter- intervention required. I'll just do it all by myself. But in the book of Mark, so here we are, get, get to the Bible. In the book of Mark, chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, there's a story. I'm going to read it out to you. It says, four men arrived. Jesus is in a house and there's a big crowd all around. The house is packed and no one can get in. But it says, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head and then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. See, in this story, there's an important principle that I've already mentioned Friends can take you further than you can ever go by yourself. In this case, it's so, it's so obvious. So when, we're in a, uh, when we are unable, it's good to have friends that are able. Friends who take you to Jesus, not away from Jesus. I'm talking about a, 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 a godly church perspective right now. You need to have people in your world, people around you, that when you're paralyzed, that could mean lots of things in lots of, lots of ways here, but you're stuck, you're, you're contained, you're, you're boxed in. You need someone or you need some bodies who will say, that's okay, we see that you're, you're stuck right now, but we're going to help you to get that problem in front of Jesus. That's good to have friends in your world who do that because I know there's been plenty of times where, where I've, I've, I've needed help, I've been stuck, and people will, will, will point you in the wrong direction. And you need to be the person, if you want to have good, healthy friends, that, that you are the one who says, I'm going to help people around me to put them in front of Jesus in their time of need, not take them away from Jesus. So there's a quote. It's not from the Bible. It's going to pop up on the screen. Show me your friends and I will show you your future. So people have criticized this statement because, you know, they think, oh, well, you know, I've got some pretty nasty friends. I must tell you the truth. I think we all need to have friends who, who aren't believers. We all need to be salt and light in the world of people who don't know who God is or don't know what church is about, who don't know the the power and the grace of Jesus. We need to be in their world. But show me your friends and I'll show you your future. People have criticized this, but it's about lifting your friends, not lowering yourself. So you can have all kinds of of weird and wonderful friends that, that aren't on the same journey you are spiritually but you need to be the person who is in other people's life and lift them to a higher plane, not lower yourself to their plane. But it is, a, it is a sad fact of life that we become who we hang around. And sometimes if there's bad habits, if there's bad talk, if there's, if there's uh, uh, sloppy attitudes, when we uh, uh, involve ourselves or live ourselves in that kind of a, uh, um, environment, then we'll soon find ourselves adopting those mannerisms and those things that are negative to our spiritual journey. But we want to be friends who help lift others to a better place. 
So the, the, the important key here, though, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You need to know how to identify who you want to uh, be around. You need to have people in your life that, who are um, spiritually mature and strong, bearing spiritual fruit. That's a good key because sometimes we, we follow people who have a lot of opinion, but they don't have any fruit. So be selective in your relationships. But I'm telling you today, you need to have friendships in your life who can spur you and develop you and help you. And, and when you are in need, they, they take you straight to Jesus, like those four men did. That's, that's where your life will change. That's when you'll start to bear fruit spiritually, when you've got others who can bring you when you don't feel like it, when you don't want to. But they'll say, come on, we're going we're gonna to pray about this. Or come on, what does, what does God say? Come on, you need to be at church this week. It's those kind of things that help people propel them to a better outcome in life. So here's a quote from the Bible, Proverbs 13, verse 20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of, fool, of fools suffers harm. So you want friends that will take you to God's attention rather than take you away from God's attention. So some general information about fruitful friendships. Studies have indicated that friendship is good for your health. Physical and emotional benefits from friendships include the following. Friends improve your mood and self-esteem. It also reduces stress and lowers your risk for terminal illness. Friendship can increase your sense of belonging and purpose, boost your happiness, reduce stress, improve your self-worth and help you cope with trauma. Amazing. Who needs more friends? I mean, I think I, think I need some friends to help me with my cholesterol. None, no Italian friends are helpful for that. According to Harvard Health Publications, social connections or friendships help relieve harmful levels of stress which can harm the heart's arteries, gut function, insulin regulation and the immune system. Friends can also strengthen your immune system and motivate us to recover from a debilitating injury. It's amazing. Because when God created humankind, when God created people, he knew that we were created for friendship. And when we consider the world in which we live in that is tainted by sin, the devil's plan is to separate people from people. To cause there to be a breakdown from the very things that we need to be healthy and fruitful in life. So friends are an important part of healthy, fruitful living. Friendships are important, but many of us find friendships a huge challenge. Don't put your hand up. Everyone close their eyes. No one looking around. Put your hand up if you find friendship a challenge. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> we, should do, we should do that. You know? Isn't that sneaky? We do that. Should everyone close your eyes. No one looking around. Someone's looking around. They always are. But friendships can be a huge challenge for many people. Today, I hope we can adjust things to make ourselves better friends. Who's ready for that? So a, a really important thing about friendships is friends celebrate good times 
It's great to celebrate with friends. Another part is they also support us through bad times. That's what the, 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 the blessing of friendships do in our life. So Job 2 verse 11, my most unfavoritest book of the Bible. That's my second most unfavoritest. Most unfavoritest is the Song of Songs. But it says, when three of Job's friends heard of the tragedy he had suffered, I'm not joking there. When three of Job's friends heard of the tragedy he had suffered, they got together and travelled from their homes to comfort and console him. Their names were Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namathite. I, I did look into some research about their names and what they mean. It's really good. We'll look at that maybe another time. But sometimes people live feeling isolated, lonely, because the subject of friendship in their life has been distorted. So, the, the, you know, I think most people have, unless you're Pastor Kylie, have felt that feeling of isolation. It's a disadvantage, though, to live seeking or hoping for someone to be your friend, but not understanding that to have friends re requires you to do some of the reaching. So you can sit at home in your rocking chair thinking, why doesn't anyone ring me? Why doesn't anyone visit me? Why, why am I so lonely? Why am I so isolated? Why did I, how did I end up in this place? You know, the, the, the solution in that is you start reaching. Well, this is scientific. <laughs> this is so spiritual. Sometimes we need to apply practicalities to our life that reach out and it starts by, by um, valuing the, the time with someone else just to talk. We could find ourselves longing for close friendships with people only to find out that it isn't fulfilling what we expected. Some, you know, th th there's a feeling called loneliness and often we think, well, if, if I just had the right kind of friend who understood me, if I just had a friend who, who I could uh, hang out with, just like, you know, so-and-so over there has. They, they, they've got such a good friendship and they're so close. I wish I could have that. But there is a part of us that longs for friendship. But it's a spiritual part of us that only God can fill when we connect right with Him. And we think that it's everyone else's fault. We think that if, I only, had a, if I only I had a best friend, if only I had that level of friendship with somebody, then this hole that I have would disappear. You know something? There's, there's a spiritual side of you that can't be filled by friendships with other people, but it's got to be filled by God. So the way in which we fill that void is invite God in, in the difference between ourself and God. I've just been thinking about this. The difference between an intruder in our home or in our space and a friend is a friend gets invited in. An intruder breaks their way in. And we need to recognize in relationships that there are those who want to put their foot in the door and push their way in or break their way in. And that always leads to you know, conflict or 
you know, uh, um, feelings of hurt and pain. But we need to be the kind of friend who waits for the invitation in and we need to be the person when we want to fill the void in our life is we give God the invitation to come in and be part of our world, be part of our life. So invite God in. There's three attitudes that spoil friendship or they're friend blockers, if you like. And we will get into uh, ways that we can make our friendship stronger. But Proverbs 18 verse 1 says... An unfriendly person pursues selfish ends and against all sound judgment starts quarrels. Know anyone like that? An unfriendly person pursues selfish ends. So number one, the the number one attitude that spoils friendship is having an unbalanced attitude of self-evaluation. What's all that mean? An unbalanced attitude of self-evaluation. There's a few aspects to this. The first aspect is I'm better than you, so I self-elevate myself and don't want to associate with someone who I feel is lesser than. Bad place to be. Another aspect of the same problem is you're better than me, so I self-depreciate myself. And then I think, well, I can't, I can't go across the room and talk to them because they're so much better than me. They look better. They, they're smarter. They've got better clothes. They're in a different social uh, scene than me. So I feel I have to disassociate myself from that element because of self-depreciation. Both of these ideas come from unbalanced self-evaluation and make friendship difficult to start. So... I'm not going to give you the answers to to how to combat these things right now. But the second point, having a demanding attitude or a high maintenance or a dependence. This attitude has two potential outcomes. You know, we we talk about uh, uh, friendships that are are high maintenance. This is in this category where you think, well, you know what? Um, you know, sometimes when you just meet someone for the first time, you think, oh boy, I don't want to get too close to them. <laughs> it's like, whoa, no. The high maintenance. It's like they come with a, with a, with a warning light. Like, don't get too close because I'm going to suck everything out of you. But so the, the demanding, high maintenance or dependent person. This attitude has two potential outcomes can scare people off. It it scares people away from you if you have an overt, um, demanding attitude. It's like, you know, where's where's my spot? Where's my dinner? You know, where's my my respect? Or whatever it is, it's a demanding attitude. The second part that that it does, it scares people off. And the, the worst thing, I think, is it attracts people who need you to be their dependent. That's like they, they, they need you to be depending upon them. And I think that's scary because when you don't want them anymore, you can't get them out of your life. They're the, they're, it's like an ultimate stick their foot in the door of your life and then it's like they're, they're, they're becoming an intruder into every aspect of living and you don't need that. That becomes a, is a form of control. It's a form of, of uh, manipulating their way into your life that becomes unhealthy. Either way, you miss healthy, mutual, sustaining friendships when you fall into a demanding attitude or a high-maintenance attitude um, because 
you'll, you'll have people who will find you and they will cause you to depend on them. It's not a nice place to live. We need to, we need to be strong in ourselves so that we don't want others depending on our input every day. And, and, and we, don't, we don't grow if we've got someone else doing everything for us. It's not how God created us to live. The third thing, the third attitude that spoils friendship is gossip. It's about speaking about other people. Speaking about other people in ways that you can't help them or you don't even want to help. But gossip judges unfairly according to unreliable information. Gossip exaggerates and complicates friendships. So Proverbs 16 verse 28, it says, A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. So these three attitudes, if you put them all in, in order in your life, so you think, I, I'm, I want to be have an unbalanced attitude of my own self-evaluation, so other people are better than me, or, or, other, or I'm better than them, that's un- unhealthy. Having a demanding, high-maintenance attitude, uh, and then speaking about every other person all around you all the time. You put those three together, leads to what I've just um, invented, is friendship deficit disorder. So we don't want to live with a friendship deficit disorder. We can stop that and start making friends. So we, want to, we don't want to live with a de- deficit of friendships all around us, but we want to have a, we want to have a friendship um, health and fruit that is good and beneficial for the church, for us, for our life. So I'm going to give you three attitudes that attract and keep friends. So if you're taking notes... Cross out all those other ones because you don't need them. You don't want them unless you want to have that deficit disorder. You don't want that. So three attitudes that attract and keep friends. Number one is a humble attitude. Now, we sometimes confuse what humble means. But this is, a, this is my definition of what humble is. And I, I, I kind of looked at the meaning of it all. But my definition of humble is value, value yourself and value others. So you can't be truly humble if you're, if you're beating yourself all the time, and think, oh, I'm so humble. Oh, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't eat. Um, you know, I'll just, I'll just you know, take my shirt off and let, let people walk on that. All those sorts of things. That's not humble. Truly humble, you value yourself. You, have, you stand up straight. You have, you have that composure that others can see something good in you and you also look for the good in others. It's valuing yourself and valuing the value of other people. Philippians 2 verse 3, it says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. The Bible's so practical. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Ephesians 4 verse 2 says, make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Again, it's a humble attitude. You make allowances for others' faults because guess what? When you look around the room, probably not if you're looking at me, but look at everyone else, and there's got a few faults in the room. (laughs) 
Pauline's looking at me with that look. The second thing you need is a generous attitude. This is about everything that, that you do. Have a generous attitude with other people. Proverbs 11.25, it says, The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. So make a decisive decision to be refreshing to be around. As I've sort of mentioned it before, you know, there's some people that, that they don't ref, they're not refreshing to be around. They sort of take things out of you. You, you go away feeling unhappy, feeling unloved. So you want to be a person that's generous and, and refreshing to be around. Think of others. Think of what others need. Uh, be spiritually aware. Maybe you're not able to help everyone, but you can make a difference for someone. Uh, a generous attitude extends yourself to bring others into your reach. Being accessible. People want to be around generous people. And now this isn't about money, it's about attitude. Having a generous attitude. Generous encourager, generous helper, uh, generous in thoughtful ways to other people. But when we have a, a generous spirit in us, we refresh others. And we want to be that kind of person that, that helps refresh others, not drag everybody down. Not just thinking of the worst of, of every situation. Uh, so having a generous attitude is opposite to a gossiping attitude. Because gossip brings everything down. Gossip brings every, is believing the worst in every, in every situation. But we, we need to have a generous attitude that believes the best and brings the best and encourages the best out of other people. If we, if we start to put these things in place and we start to find that we have uh, uh, friendships start to uh, come into our world that we could never have imagined. The third thing is... An attitude of security. What's that all about? It's about people being able to trust you. So uh, often people don't, don't uh, uh, share with us the, the level of friendship that we hope that they could because there's something about us like a dangerous reef that says, if you get too close, I'm going to smash you against the rocks. We don't want to be that kind of person. An attitude of security. People know they can trust you. Proverbs 17 verse 9 says, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. So when you have an attitude of security, people trust you in their weakness. People can tell you, you know, right now this is where I'm, this is where I'm struggling. Right now this is where my fears are. Right now this is what I worry about. And, and, you know, I've been there before. I've gone to talk to, to people who, who I've uh, hoped would encourage me. And they go, oh, the, the spirit of gossip jumps in. And the next thing you know, they've told 50 people about what you thought was something that you, you didn't really want everyone to know. That's not a good feeling. But an attitude of security protects the worries and the concerns and the weaknesses of others. So when you have an attitude of security, people trust you in their weakness. And when people are hurting, they find safety with you. Because that's what people need. 
Kindness is a great way to administer security. Uh, this, I've got a whole pile of scriptures here that talk about kindness. And, and if you look them all up, I'm not going to read them all out for time this morning. But if you find them, you'll, you'll see the link between security and kindness. It's a great way to administer security. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 3. Proverbs 11, verse 17. Proverbs 31, verse 26. If you're taking notes, jot them down and look them up. Romans 12, verse 8. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 6. Colossians 3.12, Philippians 1.7, they all talk about the benefit to others of our kindness, the security that comes from kindness. And we need to always be influencing in our friendships to be the kindness initiator. Be the kindness initiator in your friendship and you'll find that that other people who don't know you will want to know you because they they sense and realise there's security in you and there's There's kindness in you. You know what? I find kindness is better than meanness. You know, I've done some stupid things in my life, but I know when I was a child growing up, I knew where the mean people lived in our neighborhood. There was one guy, we were sitting on his fence one day, and and I don't know, we were probably eight or nine years old, me and a whole bunch of kids, and I think now probably he was justified. But we we figured out where... Where the mean people live, we're sitting on this guy's fence and he comes out and he goes, get off me fence, I'll look here with me, bleep and armor. And we're like, he mean man. Well, have a guess who's got rocks all over his roof for the next nine weeks. <laughs> but I mean, I'll tell you, if he had to come out and said, hey guys, you know, here's a sausage roll, would you mind not being on my fence? We'd probably go, oh, that guy's cool. Don't throw rocks on his house. I know another time where there was a really, really lovely couple lived behind my parents' house. Their, their surname was West, and, and we just called them Mr. and Mrs. West because that's what you did in those days. And, and, and he used to see us in, in the backyard. He'd go, wait. And he, he would throw stuff over, at, you know, like tennis balls or, or pencils. Or, and we'd think, oh, Mr. and Mrs. West, they're, they're awesome. Don't wreck their litter box. But kindness will win you friends. What Kindness will win you security in your world too. Keys from the Bible about friendship. It's awesome. Can I have the musicians come and join me? To be a great friend, you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to know it all. You don't need to overload people with your opinion. To be a great, you don't need to be a great counsellor. You don't have to have an extreme personality. But you can start by anchoring yourself in Jesus. In the book of Psalm, verse, uh, chapter 18, verse 2, it says, The Lord is my rock, my, fort- my fortress and my saviour. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. I want to put it to you today that the most important factor to becoming a great friend is bringing the Jesus factor into your own life first. Bring Jesus into your own life first. Make him the anchor point. And then I think you've got a a great standpoint to start helping other people. It's like those men who I I spoke about at the very start who carried their friend to Jesus. 
they got him a place where he could get healed because they got him to a place before God. And you know something? We're never going to have what it takes to help everybody and be the, the answer to their needs. We can't feed everybody. We can't put clothes on everybody. We can't fill everybody's car with petrol. We can't do all the things that, that, that are needed to help everybody. But we can carry people, friends, and get them to the place where God can deal with their need, where God can make the difference that lasts forever. There's people all around who are in various ways unable to help themselves. But if someone were able to carry them, cover their crippledness, maybe you know, crippledness may not be just physically like this guy had, but there's, there's addictions, there's, there's pain. I'm talking about emotional turmoil pain. There's, there's people's sickness, there's, there's broken hearts, there's financial crisis or anything or anything that could be. Either way, people who have a, a crippled lifestyle need someone to take them to Jesus. One Heart Church, you have people in your world, you have people in your life, you have people you work with, people you live next door to, people who you might only know from a distance right now, but they may have an area that they are just searching for a friend and you just need to be the one who, who pours out the kindness, who picks up the phone and maybe makes a phone call or write a note, can make a huge difference in someone else's life. So this morning, we need to shift our attention off any feelings of loneliness or disconnection and reconnect our heart to God. Reconnect our heart. A great place to start building friendship is inviting Jesus into your own life. You know, we describe that we describe that as, you know, as being born again. And, and I think some ways we do ourselves a bit of an injustice by saying we, we have this like one critical moment in life where we ask Jesus. To, to come into our life and I believe in that we call that a born again experience and I encourage everybody if you've never experienced that, that that you can you can do that today just saying Jesus I want you to help me I want you to take away my sin I want you to to take away the guilt and the shame or whatever else is, is hanging on your life and Jesus can give you a whole new start that's why we call that being born again As I was saying, we do ourselves a disservice because I think we, we need to be always bringing ourselves back to Jesus. Bringing ourselves back to the place of newness again. Where we say, Jesus, I need that friendship with you to be reconnected. Because the, I think the, the, the challenges we have is every day we, we make decisions. We, we go our own way and we lose our way and we get further and further from Jesus if we don't watch what we do. So we need to shift our attention off any feelings of loneliness, any feeling of disconnection, and reconnect our heart with the heart of God for us. When Jesus has a place in your heart, the feelings of aloneness, isolation, and not belonging are taken care of because you know you belong in that place of safety with Jesus. As it describes in Psalm 18, the Lord is my rock. 
He is my fortress. He's my Savior, my God. The one who I find protection. He's my shield, the power that saves me. My place of safety. When we have that anchored in our soul, when we have anchor points that are, that are found in Jesus, then we find ourselves to be an anchor for others. Just so long as we don't pretend for a moment that we're going to be their saviour, because we never will be. Sometimes we're hoping that someone will fill that place for us, but they can't. It can only be filled by God. Why don't we just stand together this morning? I just want to pray for you before we finish. Now, I just do want to speak to people who perhaps you're not used to church, you're not uh, used to hearing a message like this, but you're thinking, maybe that's what I need. Maybe I need to connect and make a connection with Jesus. can do that this morning by agreeing when I pray, agree with my prayer. Perhaps you're here today and you, you know God, you've been, uh, you've been a Christian for a long time, but somewhere along the way, you felt that thing of, I, I don't fit in. I don't belong around here. I don't know really why, but, but uh, you know, I, I look at those people over there and I feel lesser than, and I look at those others over there and I think, well, they're lesser than me. You know what? God wants God wants you just to, to do some shaking in the church. God wants to do some shaking in our hearts that we start to take away the eyes of judging ourselves and judging others with incorrect values. And start saying, you know what? I'm going to cross the room. I'm going to talk to that person. I'm going to talk to those people who, who, who I think don't want to know me. And, and I'm going to talk to those who, you know, that I thought wouldn't, that I wouldn't want to relate to. Start putting all those things aside. You know what we have? We have a church of Jesus Christ that is powerful and victorious and awesome to be part of. So we're going to pray this morning. Why don't you just bow your heads and I'm going to pray for you. Jesus, we just pray right now. Do a work in our hearts. Lord, do a work in me. I invite you into that spiritual part of me that only you can fill. Lord, we just reject right now all the feelings of of isolation, of loneliness, of disconnection. And Lord, I pray that as, as we pray this prayer this morning, people may reconnect with you, that people may find their strength in you today, that you may reveal yourself to our hearts today and fill that void that only you can fill. I speak that over these people here this morning. And Lord, help me to deal with the things that block friendships in my life help me to grow in the attitudes that attract friendship help me to grow in those attitudes that attract others to me who otherwise will never know what true friendship looks like in this world so Lord we just pray in the mighty name of Jesus may we step into new levels new friendships in Jesus name I pray Amen. So today, I want you to start seeing others around you and develop the attitudes that attract friendships to you. And you'll find that life takes on a whole new aspect, a whole new fruitfulness, a whole new 
levels of, of, of dealing with life that you never experienced before. So doors will open when we have friends in the right places. The problems why often we, we find that the way is blocked is because we don't have friends in any places. That means friends who we thought are above us, friends who we, we judged as below us, friends who we thought were just like us. You need to have friends at every level. And you'll find that doors open, opportunities come, and life takes on a whole new, you know, a whole new power, a whole new strength, a whole new dynamic. So friends can take you further than you could ever go by yourself. That's the thing I want you to take away from this morning. And we want to be fruitful in our friendships. Uh, you know that the Bible has so many spiritual benefits. And we're going to look at some of those benefits of friendship next time and uh, see how there's so many stories in the Bible of men and women whose friendships have taken them way beyond what was ever, ever possible. So God bless you. Have a fantastic week this week. I'll see you for a coffee, Aiden.